when markets shift, that's when our members need us most. That's when we need to kick in, not kick back. We got to put our foot on the accelerator and use all the resources that we have to create more value for them. This is Associations Thrive, the podcast celebrating successful associations and their leaders. I'm your host, Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker at Matrix Group International. Listen in as top association executives tell all, revealing the creative and innovative ways they're increasing their bottom line, serving their members, and reimagining their organizations. By the way, if you've launched a new initiative, created new member services, or updated your governance structure and are seeing great results, I want to hear your story and so do my listeners. I'd love to have you as a guest. Go to podcast.matrixgroup.net and apply to be on Associations Thrive. Now let's dive into this week's show. Today, I am pleased to have Ryan McLaughlin from the Northern Virginia Association of Realtors. Ryan, welcome. Thank you so much, Joanne. It's a pleasure to be part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey, Ryan, tell us about NVAR. Sure. So NVAR, we are the Northern Virginia Association of Realtors. We're in the D.C. capital, metro D.C. area. We're based in Fairfax County, Virginia. And we are a not-for-profit trade association representing just about 14,000 realtors in this region who live, practice, do business in Fairfax County, the greater Northern Virginia region. So well beyond that, they practice in D.C. and Maryland as well. We're about an $8 million revenue organization, and we have currently about 32 staff. And we provide a lot of value to our realtor members. We're part of a federated structure. We are considered a local association, though we're we actually operate much more like a national association. Absolutely. I would agree with that. <laughs> but we're considered a local association. Then every state has a state association. So we have the Virginia Association of Realtors, who's part of that federated structure, and then the National Association of Realtors, who have about 1.5 million realtors nationwide. And we've got a very unique relationship, very different, I think, than a lot of associations out there where this federated structure, there's what's called a three-way agreement. And it's basically when you become a member of one, and that's through the local association, we're considered the point of entry, you become a member of all. And so you get the benefits of what the state has to offer as well as the national, and at which point you can then call yourself a realtor. And there is a distinction between a real estate agent or licensee and what a realtor is. And you can only call yourself a realtor when you become a member of our association and importantly, you subscribe to our code of ethics. Hey, Ryan, you know, I've had opportunity to work with other organizations in your space, and also worked with the national organization. And NVAR, like you said, is special. You're considered a local organization, but you're larger than some of my national clients. You operate here in the D.C. area, and you've got kind of the prominence and the heft. And I think that has to do with your size and some of the innovative things that you're doing. So before we dive into that, Tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming CEO of NVAR, because it's an interesting one. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't know very many people that have a dream of becoming the CEO of an association, never mind a realtor association. It's more common than not when I talk to my colleagues across the country and members of ASAE. But my journey actually started studying political science in college. 
And that was kind of my passion. I kind of stepped into that, but I really took to political science and government affairs and did a full-time internship my senior year of college with a state assemblyman in New York, which is where I'm from. And it was from there that I just got really excited about and wrapped up in government affairs, politics, elections, campaigns, all of that, all that lobbying. And so I did that for a number of years, working in the state legislature, working on campaigns and enjoyed that, worked on local campaigns, congressional campaigns, and then wanted to shift over to the lobbying side. I really enjoyed when lobbyists would come into my, you know, the senator's office that I worked for and they were lobbying on behalf of their client and sharing the issues. And it just seemed like a really interesting career path. And so I took a chance and moved to Pennsylvania where my wife was from and found a realtor association, a local realtor association in Pennsylvania that was hiring for a government affairs director. They just started the program. They never had one before. They needed representation, particularly on the regional and local level. And they took a chance. They hired me from out of state. I knew nothing about the political dynamics in the region. I knew nothing about Pennsylvania government. I didn't know anything about real estate. I knew how to navigate through government and I had the skill set to get things done through the political side and the legislative and lobbying side. And I knew I can learn up on the issues and they took a chance on me and I fell in love with it. This was 2005, so this is about 17 years ago. I really enjoyed it. So I did lobbying for a local realtor association for about six years and thought my next step in the journey was gonna be opening my own lobbying firm or potentially running for office, public office, you know, state representative, that was kind of my dream. And I actually had a, an interesting opportunity that came up at the same time. This was about six years into my lobbying for this realtor organization, and the CEO had left. And I had developed a really good relationship with the board of directors. And a couple of them had approached me and said, have you ever thought about putting your name in for the CEO role? And this is the same organization that you were already working for? Yes. It was the Greater Lehigh Valley Realtors in Northeast Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia, just on the border of New Jersey. And I thought, no way, you know, that's not of interest to me. I never thought about running an association. And by the way, that association owned their multiple listing service. So it was kind of like being the CEO for two organizations. Mm. And then at the same time, the state representative where I lived was taking a judgeship and his seat was going to become vacant. And I was very close with him and the political party leaders at the time. They basically said to me, this seat can be yours if you want it. Wow. <laughs> this was literally the same month. So two amazing opportunities falling into your lap. It was unbelievable. And I always feel like I really believe in luck, timing, and fate. And I think all of those things kind of come together. And that was a moment where they all came together and I had the choice and it was tough, but I had to make that tough choice. And ultimately I decided to try the CEO path and they hired me. And it was the best decision I could have ever made. And I've never looked back. I've been a, an association executive since then. But it made sense. I had a young family at the time. I just had our second child. And the idea of campaigning every couple of years and traveling to the state capitol six months out of the year, I thought that opportunity can maybe come back sometime in the future. But the opportunity to run a realtor organization, become an association executive was the right choice. And I never looked back. And I've been very fortunate ever since. And then they plucked you from that organization and brought you here to Northern Virginia. Yeah, that was a big leap. I was the CEO there in Pennsylvania for the Realtor Association for about four years. And it was a mid-sized association, about 2,500 members. And like I said, we ran an MLS. So it was kind of like running two businesses. And we had a pretty large staff for our size, 16 staff. It was about a, almost a $3 million budget. So it was a good size association and we were doing a lot of impactful things. And yeah, it Shortly after starting four years in, I started getting some calls 
from some recruiters and one had called from Northern Virginia and I had snooped around a little bit and asked some colleagues about it. And everybody that I talked to said, this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. You're in the nation's capital. It's a industry leading realtor association. It's one of the largest in the country. Absolutely. It's well-respected. The CEO who was there that was retiring, Christine Todd, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, had built it up. She was here for 26 years. So it was an exciting change. It was, again, kind of a fork in the road. Do we pick up our family and move? And fortunately, my wife was really supportive of that. They took a chance on me coming from out of state. And I think I surprised them with what I brought to the table as a younger CEO with four or five years of experience as a CEO and where I thought this organization can go, where we could take it. And they took a chance on me also. And it's been an amazing journey since then. So that was about seven years ago. Well, Ryan, I've had the amazing opportunity to work with you, your staff, your organization, and you're killing it. You guys are doing well. You're doing some innovative things. You're trying some new things. Not everything's working as planned, but I think that's the mark of a thriving leader, right? That you're willing to take the chance on something. So we're talking about organizations that thrive, and you and I had a chance to chat before we started recording. Maybe you can share with us a couple things that NVAR has done recently or is doing differently now that's really helping you make a difference. Sure. So taking risk is a huge part of, I think, what makes for a successful association executive and association in delivering value to your members. But not every exec knows that. You know that. <laughs> no, it's, I know it's hard and it's still hard to this day. It's often hardest to get your staff to understand that it's okay to take risks because they need to know that you're willing to support them if they fail. And then it's another whole nother element to try and make sure that your board of directors and your volunteer leaders are on board with taking risks. That's a culture shift. But there's kind of three things that I encouraged, I brought to NVAR that I asked our staff team and really our board of directors, it was always ask why, ask the question why we do something. I'm not a big fan of this is the way we've always done it, or we always need to do it this way, or this is all we know. So ask why, understand things better so that we can challenge ourselves to think bigger. The second thing is be willing to take risks. And I'm all for risks, as long as whatever that risk you're taking is in the best interest of advancing our association and supporting our membership, then go for it. You've got the green light. And if it fails, I've got your back. If it succeeds, you're going to be the face of that success for the organization. And the last thing is just have fun. This is a great industry to be a part of. Association management is a great profession to be a part of. We're doing things that impact an entire marketplace, an entire profession, an entire industry. We're preserving the American dream of home ownership. Let's have fun doing it. And we're helping others be successful in the industry. So that's kind of the approach I've taken with our staff and with our board of directors. And that's what's helped us become successful, I feel like, in leading innovation over the last couple of years. And, you know, I've got a couple of examples I can share with you of some of the things we've done. Well, before you do that, let me just say, Ryan, that I come into your building pretty regularly and I participate in calls. And the one thing that I love is I get the feeling that there's joy. People just kind of seem to be joyful as they're going about their business. And I love that. I mean, my staff can tell when an organization is just kind of dark and gloomy all the time. There's a lot of joy at NVAR, and it's really a pleasure to work with you all. So let's talk about the huge kind of building physical renovation that you did that you decided to undertake during the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic was an interesting time. It challenged all of us, but it also presented us with a lot of opportunities. And I think in many ways challenged those that weren't necessarily ready to embrace change or innovation. It kind of forced their hand because we had to respond and we had to do something differently to meet 
our members where they are. And that's what became our mantra during the pandemic is we need to meet members where they are. We have a hashtag we use internally, MMWTR, meet members where they are. <laughs> and that really became the focus. So what we did was we had to figure out how do we do that? Our members are not necessarily coming in, into the building. Where they were before, right? So before the pandemic, I mean, I've been in and like there are people coming through the doors, they're taking courses, they're using the conference room, they're going into the store. And then March 2020, all of a sudden, the realtors are still working and they're going into homes, but they're not coming to your physical space. And you decided you were going to do something with that. Yeah. So, well, two things. One is we did, I think what a lot of associations did was we did things like online courses. We did shipping of products and we did something that was creative and different that we put out a, what we call a locker box system outside of our headquarters almost like an Amazon locker setup where you can order a product. You don't have to physically come in. We'll put it outside. You pick it up at your convenience. So we did all those things and we moved to a much more digitally focused approach to how we do everything with our members from signing them up to buying products to ordering products that they need to taking classes. But the other thing that we were doing was planning ahead. How are we, once this pandemic was done, going to be ready to embrace our members again and make this a place that they are comfortable coming to and that they want to come to and that they feel welcomed to come to. So we did some redevelopment of the main level of our organization. And internally, we refer to this as the heartbeat of our organization. It's our main level. It's where the classrooms are. It's where our store is. It's where members come in to meet with our staff to be onboarded and join the association. And we wanted to make that a space that was much more useful, that met the needs of our members, that became more collaborative, wasn't just the traditional, you know, a classroom with classroom seating, that we didn't have a store where you had to walk up to a checkout counter and you had a staff person hiding behind a desk, punching into a keyboard and taking 20 minutes to check someone out because we have this old antiquated system. We shifted physically completely to more of an Apple store experience where our staff is not sitting behind desks. They're up and about. They're at high top tables. They've got iPads that they can check members out. A member can sign up to become a member. We have other computers around that we can give our members access to. So we created that store and onboarding experience in a digital and more connected way where we're actually going out to our members when they come in. We're not waiting for them to come to us or we're welcoming them. And then the other physical change that we made was one of our classrooms was completely underutilized. So we turned it into what we call our collaboratory, which is we took out the regular standing classroom desks and we turned it into more of like a, almost like a Google, if you can think of like a Google headquarters type of experience where you've got comfy chairs and you've got some round tables, you got high top tables and we've tore down some walls and put up glass. We tore down some solid wood doors, made them glass to bring in more natural light, make it more welcoming. And we have members come in pretty regularly that just come in and have some coffee. We've got a Starbucks machine and they come in, they sit down, they meet with a client or they do their work and they use the space. So we've really transformed physically the main level of our organization. So Ryan, this is fascinating and phenomenal where a lot of organizations during the pandemic are saying, let's figure out how to manage costs. You're spending money to reimagine the building. That's a great point because my philosophy and approach has been when markets shift, that's when our members need us most. That's when we need to kick in, not kick back. We got to put our foot on the accelerator and use all the resources that we have to create more value for them. Totally, 100%. And help them make sense of this new landscape. Yeah, they're looking to us, leading the profession and the marketplace. 
they're busy in the grind of day to day, trying to make a living and figuring out the next step. We're directing and creating a marketplace in an industry and representing them on a broader economic level. And they're looking to us for that leadership. And it's not the time. In our case, we don't look at it as the time to scale back, to cut, to reduce, to have less. We look at it as the time to have more. And Ryan, you created a whole digital studio that members can come and use. So tell us about that. That's a fascinating member benefit. Yeah, that was the other physical enhancement we made during the pandemic. We created what we call our Digital Experience Center. And we were trying to create a space where members can come in and test out new technologies that we would have on display or can have set up for them before they make the investment into something significant. They can come and try it here. And we kind of first vet the product and service and bring in here so that they've got that first line of, okay, if NVR has got it on display here, this is a product that's worth investing in. Let me play around with it and then decide. So that was kind of the genesis of it. And then it's now evolved into a workspace where members can come in and do digital recordings, video recordings, podcasts. They can collaborate with colleagues. They can do it on their own where we can set them up in the room on their own to do it, or we can, they have our staff that can help do it for them, with them, prepare them, get the technology set up. So we do have a partnership with them. And we provide that at no additional expense to them. It's included in their dues as an additional value where they don't have to pay a rental fee. They're not paying for the equipment. We want to make that available to them. So if I'm a realtor and I'm about to be featured on some website and they say, can you submit a 30-second video of yourself? And I'm Joanna and I have never done anything like this. You'll help me. We will help you. Our staff will gladly and enthusiastically help you. We can set up a teleprompter with you. We can help review a script for you. We can help put an outline together for you. We can record it. We can upload it. We can edit it for you. And we're there for them. It's all about the members for us. So this is part of helping them to navigate this digital landscape that is really kind of exploding in real estate. Well, I'd say the trend was shifting in that direction in the real estate industry specifically for a while. But it took the pandemic to really get everybody to realize, okay, we're not going back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing from an association standpoint, we felt we needed to be ready for. We're not going back. We're not going to go back to the traditional way of offering classes. We're not going to go back to the traditional way of onboarding a member. We're not going back to the traditional way of doing business as an association, education, the way that we offer events and position products and services. We're going to set ourselves up for the future so that we can thrive for another 100 years. We just celebrated our 100-year anniversary last year. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Brian, you've also expanded member services. So tell us about a couple. And you're doing it at no charge to the membership. And then I want to ask you why you're doing it. It started with, I mean, I could talk about some particular products, but I want to step back for a second and talk about expanding member service from a staffing and structural standpoint. Mm. In addition to that physical changes that we made, we also made some staffing, structural, and philosophical changes to prepare for the next generation of service to our members. And what we created was what we call our communications experience and engagement specialists. Brand new, newly created positions. We created a cohort of six positions. Yes, and I've met some of them and they're wonderful. They are. Thank you. And I appreciate it. I'm going to share that with them. They're amazing. They're young, ambitious, recent college grads or with only a few years of experience in the field that are hungry to do good work and do something bigger than themselves. And they're technologically savvy. They're challenging us. They're getting us on TikTok. They're doing all sorts of great stuff. But more than just that, we wanted to create an experience for our members where the staff at that entry point 
understood the value of everything we offer at the association. They didn't just sit at a desk and say, I can punch in you know, your name and fill out a form so that you become a member or a very transactional experience. We wanted to create a really experiential type of experience. So they own the success of the entire organization. So if you talk to any one of them at any moment, they will be able to tell you what upcoming events we have, what new products we have available, what might be of interest to a member who asks questions about real estate, where they can find resources. They're ready to do all of that. Plus, they're ready to onboard. They're ready to do database work if they need to. They're ready to do setup, planning, logistics, tear up, tra- breakdown of events, marketing, social media. So they're a powerhouse. And that helped move the needle in a huge way for our organization. Wait, hang on. So I want to get a little bit of clarification here. So you added six people whose job it is to know everything going on at NVAR so that as they're interacting with the members, they're just full of information about ways that members can engage with you. Yes. And they're a support staff to everyone and accessible to everyone on the staff too. So we've sort of ripped down silos that may have existed where any one of our senior staff or staff directors can access this group of CESs get their help and support on different projects. And all of them are willing and able to and excited about helping in different areas as they're growing in their careers. They're also generating a great deal of content for you, which many organizations really struggle with. That was another part of what this position was really created for as well as the content creation. We really believe our philosophy is if it's not on the internet, it's not real. If it's not on our website, it's not real. A lot of associations, they understand this where Only one person knows about an event that's coming up, or we may have plugged something into a newsletter, but the only place you can find it is in the newsletter. It's not on social. It's not on our website. So if you missed the newsletter, you missed out. Those kind of things were happening. So we wanted to create more content and make sure it's web-based first. It's on our website and on social and all the right places. So they've helped us create that culture of getting it everywhere and making sure that we're website-driven. You've played a huge role in that because the website you helped us create and you, you all built for us has helped us take it to that level, which has been awesome. Well, thank you. You've also offered up new services. Like, tell us about the new forewarn and the new legal document signing. And you can just tell us about them briefly. I'm more interested in why you decided to offer these new benefits. So one example would be, we just offered a new member benefit called forewarn. I guess it's not even necessarily specific to the real estate industry, but it's for realtors in that it's a safety, realtor safety app at its core. It's a prospecting tool that we provide available to our members at no additional expense included in their dues. It's a $240 value that they would have to pay annually on their own to get it. They download this app, they can punch in a name or they can put in a phone number and they can get publicly available background information on a prospect before they meet with them so that they know what they're walking into. They can understand the financial history, they can understand their criminal record, liens, property records, all in one simple streamlined place. Again, meeting members where they are, we know that safety is of huge importance to them. And they're out in the field meeting with clients. They don't have time to figure out how to research a client always. They can't always conveniently meet with a client in their office or in a safe public place. They may have to meet someone at an open house or a new construction property. This is giving them the tool to understand who they're meeting and what they're all about. So that's one. And then you've given them a new legal document signing product that they can use, again, at no charge. Yeah, we've been able to provide this. It's called Docs Plus by Remind. We partner with them. So most people know things like DocuSign, ZipForms, some of the digital signature solution software is out there and, and transaction management. We did a research project and interviewed the main 
companies out there and we found Docs Plus and they were at the time, this is about two years ago, the most future-focused, innovative company. And we wanted to bring that to our members. So we include that in their dues. And through this software, they can have all their documents digitally signed with their clients, contracts. They can store documents. They can track, create folders for their, track their transactions. And it's included in their dues at no additional expense. Now, a lot of brokers use their own proprietary ones, or they may have already agreements with DocuSign, et cetera. But we have this available to them. And we've had a huge adoption. We have almost 8,000 of our 14,000 members using it. Oh, my God. So you've transformed the physical space. You've reimagined your education. You're offering new services. How's it going? I mean, I'd say it's going great. It's not to say that we don't have our fits and starts. And one of the challenges that we work through in all of this is staff adopting the rapid pace of change. And sometimes that creates turnover where it's just not for everybody. Agreed. <laughs> but again, I'm, I'm an optimist and I see situations like that as opportunities where that's fine. If it's not the right fit for you, that's okay. And we can make sure you're set up for success in your career wherever you go. But that gives me the opportunity to build a team that can help bring us to that next level. And Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. Membership is up. You have more people attending your convention than ever, and you've got more engagement than ever. So really, by all metrics, it's a home run, and you're in 2022 and having a great year. We're having a great year. And a lot of that is driven by, in our case, the real estate market. The real estate market exceeded in ways that no one could have ever expected coming out of the pandemic, really kicking off in July of 2020, when everybody in the real estate industry figured out, oh, we can do this, and we could do it digitally, and we could do it in a safe way, and NVR is there to provide us the tools and resources to help get it done. And we've exploded since then. Our membership has grown. Sales have grown. The real estate profession has grown. We are starting to see a little bit of a shift, which could potentially be a future challenge where sales are down a bit. With interest rates going up, we're starting to see a little bit of an impact. We've gotten record new members per month since July of 2020. We're starting to see that soften up a little bit. But overall, it's been a great several years, and we're ready to weather any storms that might come and be there for our members, regardless of what happens in the market. Yeah, it sounds like what you're doing is kind of making hay while the sun shines. While you've got the time, you're making these physical investments, you're making these changes to your governance and your staffing, and then adding benefits to really position you for the future, no matter what happens. Yeah, it really, and it really was prompted by looking at the next 100 years. We created a new strategic plan. And 2021, the year that we turned 100, and we call it our Vision 100 strategic plan because theoretically it's positioning us for success over the next 100 years. And we're fortunate to have a good leadership that gets it and that sees bigger picture. That hasn't always been the case. It's taken a journey. I mean, I've been here seven years and we've had our challenges. We've had our setbacks, whether it's through staffing changes or challenges or board leadership challenges, but we've managed to get through them because we've kept them focused on the future. They want to be focused on the future and the strategic success of the organization. And so we kind of have to put out these fires along the way, but we've gotten through it pretty well. Everyone's got fires. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I can sit here and talk to you all day, but I know that you are a busy man. I want to thank you so much for joining me on Associations Thrive. I hope that you'll come back in the future. And tell us more about the amazing things that NVAR is doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joanne. It's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for everything you're doing with us. Appreciate it. And your leadership in the industry. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership, generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. I'd love to connect with you. Please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye.